Amen. I usually sing that on Father's Day. I'm not sure what happened. That one got lost. All right, Psalm 140. <coughs> All right, Psalm 140. We're going to look at uh, today finding refuge in God. And we're while exploring Psalm 140 here. I'll read this uh, first, and then we'll look at it verse by verse. The Bible says, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their hearts. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man, who have purposed to overthrow my goings. The proud, have hid a, the proud have hid a snare for me in cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me, Selah. I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the des desires of the wicked. Further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves, Selah. As for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall, they, uh, shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence." This is uh, Psalm of David, uh, Psalm 140. Uh, very few situations in this life can frustrate and make us feel uh, powerless like when someone is lying about us or attacking us in that way. Uh, we feel powerless to make uh, the person stop lying. We feel powerless to stop others from hearing the lies or believing the lies. And David wrote Psalm 140 as a heartfelt uh, prayer during a time when someone was speaking against him, some of it being lies and some of it just speaking against him in a negative way, trying to turn people against him. When we come up against one of the most vile and vicious weapons the humans, uh, that humans possess, the tongue, we need to follow David's example and bring it to the Lord. Amen? Uh, traditionally, it is thought that this psalm is written in, uh, uh, in a very difficult time, of course, when he's being attacked. Uh, traditionally, it was uh, uh, attributed to the time when Saul is seeking him uh, and trying to uh, kill him. In one instance that seems to fit is when uh, Doeg the Edomite saw David and his men eating at the table of showbread and taking Goliath's sword from the priests there. And Doeg reported it to Saul, and the Saul confronts the priests. Then Saul turned to the, his army and commanded them to kill all of the priests. And they refused to murder God's anointed priests. So he turned to Doeg the Edomite and told him to kill them. And Doeg uh, uh, murdered 85 priests and then didn't stop. He continued and he slaughtered uh, every man, woman, child, infant, cattle, donkey, and sheep, the Bible says, in the, uh, the city of Nob, where David sought help. Uh, one priest escaped alone and told David what happened. And this is the kind of man that was seeking and hunting down David. Amen? That makes our problems look a little bit less, you know? 
but we too have an enemy that is prowling, seeking whom he may devour. And Satan wants the children of God not just killed, but wiped out completely. And we, like David, need to run to God for our help, amen? And trust that he will take care of us and our enemies when it's due time. And what can we do when we find ourselves in trouble? Well, number one, in verses numbers one through five, we can acknowledge the perils. Number one, acknowledge the perils. The Bible says, <coughs> Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips, Selah. Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man, who have purpose to overthrow my goings. The proud have hid a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me, Selah. When we acknowledge what is happening and acknowledge the peril that we're facing, we need to turn to God for help, amen, the only one that can really help us. And David immediately cries for God to deliver him. He says, deliver me, O Lord. He went to the right place, amen. And so first of all, we see letter A, that we need to cry to God for deliverance. He says, deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. Uh, he cries out to, for God to deliver me. And David was dealing with a very vicious enemy, not only Saul and his army, but this wicked Edomite Doeg as well. David cries to God to deliver him from this evil man. And preserve me from the violent men. Now they imagine mischiefs, he says. That's bad or evil in their heart. So here's the, they're lying about him. They're imagining things in their hearts to say about David. And it says, uh, they are continually gathered for war. They're always ready to pounce, always ready to attack. And the desire of their heart is always war. Their tongues strike out like a serpent's poison. And we too face an evil adversary that's like this too, don't we? John 10.10 10 says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and destroy. I am come that they, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The devil likes to portray himself like an angel of light uh, and good and, and try, try to say that we, uh, he has best interest at heart, but he doesn't. He wants to destroy us. And the devil's tongue is full of poison, ready to strike. And this is very nature. As Jesus himself said in John 8, 44, he says, You're of the fa your father the devil, and the lust of your father will, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and bowed not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Boy, what a statement there, you know. There is no truth in Satan. Uh, when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar. Uh, he is the fa and the father of it. Boy, what a strong statement, amen? And we have to be aware of the perils that we face and <coughs> cry out to God for deliverance and put on the armor of God. Ephesians 6.11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, what? Against the wiles of the devil. Now, wiles is the trickery, the snares, the trickery. Uh, and we need to be on guard for that. We need to be wearing our armor, the whole armor of God, uh, so that we don't fall into his traps. Uh, it is our only hope for fighting against this enemy. 
then letter B, we see, uh, acknowledging the perils, consider the deceitful schemes of the enemy. We touched on that already, but verse 4 says, Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man who have purposed to overthrow my goings. He says, The proud have hid a snare for me in cords. They have spread a net by the wayside. They have set gins for me. Selah. The enemy tried to capture David, and they were violent men, and so they tried to attack him. They desired to keep David from the task that God had appointed him to do. Uh, at this point, he had already been anointed king. David had right to the throne. He had every right to go and claim it. Uh, but he refused to take the crown by force. He refused to uh, raise his hand against God's anointed. Well, that's different from what Saul has done, isn't it? He just had 85 priests, men of God, killed. What a difference. And so we need to uh, be prepared and be aware of the schemes that the devil tries against us. Be cautious and be aware. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 5.15, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That word circumspectly means, uh, circum is the, like where we get our word circumference. Okay? It's around, okay? in every direction, all around. Spect is where we get our word spectacles from. It has to do with seeing. Okay, and so it's when we walk circumspectly, it means that we're walking in every, looking in every direction while we're going. We, that's being on guard, amen? And this is what God wants us to do. Walk circumspectly all around us. Watch for the snares of the devil. And he'll set those snares, those traps for us. The Bible says in these verses that he'll set cords. Another form of trap that they set with a looped rope that will grab the, the prey and hang it up in a tree. Uh, he says that net, they set nets by the wayside. This word wayside is really an interesting Hebrew word. <coughs> the word translated wayside is actually comes from two Hebrew words, meaning, first of all, open hand, and the other is the outside circle of the camp. Um, I, I think the idea given here is the wayside is more than just being out, uh, out of the way, but it's that open hand. It's almost like he's saying, here, come this way, <laughs> you know, deceitfully. And that's what I thought of when I first saw the meaning of those words. And uh, kind of leading us to astray. And the word jinns here in this word is another word for trap. But in the Hebrew, it speaks to the food or the bait that's used in the trap. Uh, and he's setting baits that will entice us. If it's not enticing, there's no point in it being there. Amen? You know, and we uh, see carrots for sale at gas stations and everything else. Why? Uh, well, my understanding is it's for, uh, for you know, feeding the deer. Why? Because they want them getting used to going to that area, don't they? And uh, they make it much easier to shoot that way and uh, fill their freezer. And, uh, you know, it's, you're laying the gin for them. Um, the verse ends with the word selah. And often define this as stop and think about it. Okay, uh, that whenever a phrase is, that word selah is there, it means stop and think about what you just read, or literally what you just sang. Uh, there's a pause, in a, a pause in the music to think about that and cause circumspection and uh, walking circumspectly through the song. And so we need to acknowledge the peril. And then secondly, number two, we need to seek God's protection and justice. <coughs> when the devil attacks... We need to seek God's protection and justice. Not justice of our own, not getting even, but we need to seek God's protection and justice. Verse 6, he starts, he says, I said unto that Lord, 
Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplication, O Lord. O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves, Selah. As, the head, as for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. But let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into the deep pits, that they rise not again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. David immediately prayed to God for protection. When we find ourselves in these situations, we too need to, in letter A, trust in God as our ultimate protector. Trust in Him as our ultimate protector. We like to be the one, especially as men, be the one that's the protector, right? Uh, and God made us that way, and that's right. Uh, but ultimately, we need to give God the job, amen? Ultimately, we need to yield to His protection and yield ourselves to Him. Uh, sometimes our pride can get in the way, and we're not giving him the glory and the job and the, and the duty that he deserves to have. Verse 6 again says, I said unto the Lord, Thou art my God. Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. And then he goes on, he says, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. Thou hast covered my head in the day of battle. Then he tells him to grant not the desires of the wicked, and further not his deeds, lest he exalt themselves. He says, starts off by saying, Thou art my God. It's a declaration of trust. He says, Thou art my God. He's claiming him. He's, it's a declaration of belonging. And David had confidence in God's ability to shield him and guard him from attacks. He calls out to his God. Thou art my God, Yahweh. And he says, uh, the, talks about, the, the, he, he said, I said unto the Lord, Hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. O God, the Lord. Uh, God is as Jeho Jehovah or Yahweh, and Lord here is Adonai. It means that you're, it's one that he is yielding to as his Lord, and, uh, and, and um, he's submitting himself to him. Uh, he says, the strength, literally means the power of, uh, the strength of my salvation. And this is a, actually a, an interesting word. It's the word Yeshua. Um, literally, the meaning of the Hebrew name Jesus uh, you know, what, what a great phrase then, amen? The strength of my salvation, the strength of my Jesus, amen? I know that's not what it's saying here, uh, but it's still just a neat thing to realize that this, is the, uh, that this is what Jesus is in us. He says, thou covered my head in the days of battle. Uh, recalls in my mind to uh, Ephesians 6.17, talking about the helmet of salvation. Again, talking about salvation, he immediately goes into uh, the covering my head in the day of battle. Uh, God becomes our refuge in times of battle. And when we stay our minds on him, he can protect us. He can guide us. And he is the ultimate protector. And David continues in his prayer that God will not allow the enemies, uh, uh, God will not allow the enemy's wishes to come to fruition. In verse 8, he says, Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, Further not the wicked devices, his wicked devices. Don't let his wickedness continue. Why? He says, lest they exalt themselves. And when they seem to succeed, they boast in their own abilities and accomplishments. But David is calling on God to stop them in their tracks and not give them an opportunity to boast, but let them be humbled. And uh, we can pray the same prayer. Stop the devil attacks on me. Amen. There are times, especially it seems like at night, 
But other times of day, too, whenever just temptation just seems to come over like a dark cloud, you know, whatever the temptation is, anger or, or frustration or, uh, or lust or whatever the case may be, it just seems to like come over like a dark cloud. And, and uh, you know, I just call out, uh, Jesus, help me to concentrate, help me to focus, help me to yield myself to you. And that it's like the dark cloud just disappears. And uh, Satan likes to attack us. Amen. He's real. He's real. And we need to be on, on guard always. And Jesus will help us if we go to him, asking him to stop the devil's attacks on us, casting away the evil presence around us. Uh, you know, and uh, Christians get to, the, get to the idea to where, oh, God is real, but the devil's just make-believe. He's just a symbol. Oh, no, he's real. He's absolutely real. And all of his demons are real. And uh, they are very, very present all around us. There is a war going on in this room and all around us right now. And uh, the forces of, of evil want to hurt us and harm us and cause us uh, problems in our life. And we need to cast that away and by faith and ask the Lord to help us and guard us, protect us, and help us. And then we need to, uh, secondly, letter B, pray for intervention and justice. Pray for intervention and justice. Let God intercede. Let him be involved here. Verse 9, 10, and 11, it says, As for the head of those that compass me about, let their mischiefs of their own lips cover them. <coughs> let burning coals fall on them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not, let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Don't let them take root. Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. Now David is calling on God to directly intervene. Uh, he calls on God to let the, let the trouble that they plot against me fall on them instead. Let the words of their own mouth, the deceitfulness that they use against me, let it fall upon their own lives and cover their lips, it says. And he calls on God to let the trouble fall on them. Uh, that their evil, slanderous words would destroy themselves instead. And he asked God to cause them to reap what they have sown. And it's a, it's a, state, it's a statement of fact, isn't it? You reap what you sow. And uh, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And, uh, you know, don't uh, mock God by assuming or by thinking that you're not going to uh, reap that which you have sown. And it's been said many times, and uh, many, I heard many sermons on it with the same outline. Uh, you, you always reap more than you sow, right? You plant a kernel of corn, and you get ears of corn, sometimes two or three on a stalk, right? I don't know, and uh, not a farmer. Uh, but you get more, for sure. And uh, you, you get more than you sow. You, get, uh, you reap later than you sow. It doesn't come the moment you sow that seed, does it? You have to wait for it, and guess what? Uh, it's coming. You know, don't think you got away with it. <laughs> it's coming. You reap uh, more than you sow, you reap later than you sow, and you reap um, something else. Well, there's another one, but it's, it's good too, but we'll, we'll tell you later some other time. I'll save you, put you on the edge there, and you'll, suspense will kill you, I know. But, um, but anyways, uh, uh, reaping and sowing, it's a natural process. And David is praying that the Lord would cause this to happen to them. Uh, they're reaping evil, they're reaping destruction on themselves uh, it, when they sow the seeds of this kind of deceitfulness and, and destruction. And it's never wrong to pray that an evildoer be stopped or that justice prevail. 
It's not wrong to pray that. But as Christians, we are, however, held to a higher standard, aren't we? Uh, We're told to pray for them, pray for our enemies, love our enemies, that their hearts would be softened, especially that they might hear the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In whom the God of this world, little g-o-d. Okay, who is the God of this world? Satan, right? Uh, in whom the God of this world hath what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Who's causing them to not believe? Satan. Okay? And we need to pray that he not, will not win. We need to pray that these enemies that are attacking us, they're not really attacking us, it's Satan that's attacking us. And we need to realize that. And we need to then pray for that person that they'll get out of the clutches of Satan and that they'll be able to hear the truth. Uh, that the light of the glorious gospel of Christ would come to them and see the very image of God, Jesus Christ. Of course, the devil will never turn from his ways. God has already seen that in the future. He knows that the devil will not repent. I always wondered as a kid, I felt compassion for the devil. Can you believe that? I remember as a kid thinking, that poor devil, you know? I, I grew out of that really quick. But, uh, you know, I remember thinking, can't the devil repent if he wanted to? And I remember my parents, I think it was my mom, my mom telling me, he said, said the problem is he doesn't want to, and God knows that. God knows from the beginning to the end. He knows that he has no desire to repent at all. And he didn't die for the angels. He died for us. But nevertheless, God knows their heart as well. But we can pray for the men and women that are being used by Satan to attack God's children. And pray for them. I saw a, a video the other day just not too long ago. It was a, I don't know if I told you this or I told someone else. I'm sorry if I'm repeating an illustration here. But uh, uh, there, this guy, preacher, street preacher, was at a, a, uh, a Church of Satan parade or, or gathering. And he was there trying to lovingly witness. He wasn't screaming at them, wasn't hollering, wasn't being mean. He was just lovingly trying to witness. And there was this guy standing before him in this cloak and the disgusting makeup that made him look demonic and these giant horns attached to his head and everything and he just looked completely demonic and uh this guy just lovingly began to talk to him about the, the that god loves him and he began to attack uh this guy but he just kept lovingly pr- pr- proceed to tell him and just he got through to him and he started to listen he quieted down and just started listening and the guy started to cry and uh he said can i pray for you and he, and he said yes, and they butted their heads together while he prayed together, and uh, he didn't stab himself with the horns, but uh, he, you know, and, and prayed with a guy. I don't know if he got saved right then, but there was light. There was something seen, amen? People that you would never think, I'll, I'll, they won't listen. Why, why do I even waste my time? But that guy had a got, thought that, that guy would have never seen this, got the seed planted. And uh, maybe he even got saved right then. Maybe he had his heart changed. Uh, did he go back to the gathering? I don't know. Maybe he did. But, you know, did you get everything fixed the first moment you got saved? You know, God is a better Holy Spirit than we are. Amen? And let God deal with it. And, uh, you know, but uh, these people that are the most verbal are the ones that are hurting the most. That's what's, that's what's behind this is hurt. And we need to pray for them. We need to reach them in love. And we need to show what God is all about. Not hatred, 
not abuse, uh, not judgment, although judgment is coming, but that's not what God proclaimed us to do, is it? That wasn't the job God gave us, right? Amen? What is the job that God gave us? The witness to love, okay? And that's all we need to do. And we need to pray for them that God will be able to break through with the glorious gospel. God doesn't want anyone to perish. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, word. Aren't you glad that you're, he's long-suffering to you? Amen. But he's long-suffering to us, word, not willing that what? That any should perish. He's not willing that any should perish. Does that mean that all will be saved? No, it doesn't. It says, but that all should come to repentance. It's up to them. It's up to them. It's their choice to yield. But we need to pray, and we need to witness, and we need to love. And so let's pray for them. In so doing, we need to leave any hope or desire to gain vengeance ourselves, leave it to God. Amen? Give it over to Him, and let Him handle it. He will avenge. He will. Okay? Now, whether His vengeance is turned on Himself on the cross because they accept Christ as their Savior or whether they reap the vengeance themselves by being cast into hell forever. One way or the other, vengeance is going to be served. Amen? Uh, we just need to leave that to God. Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Give it away. Get, let it go. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. <coughs> Therefore... If thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Then he says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. How are we going to win against the evil of this world? By doing good. By loving them. By helping them. By giving them food and giving them a place to, uh, to, to eat and drink and uh, a place to, uh, to be clothed. We have to do right, amen? We have to do good and let God handle the rest. We're not good enough to bring judgment. We're not good enough to bring vengeance. We have no right to bring vengeance because we're a sinner too. The only one who has the right to bring vengeance is the one who has never sinned. The one that does not deserve any vengeance. And that is only Christ, only God. He's the only one that can do it. So, Vengeance is his, okay? We need to give it to him. Do right, do good, leave it to God. And then number three, seek God's protection and justice. And number three, praise God for his deliverance. As if it's already happened, amen? That's what David does here. And uh, have faith enough to praise him as if he's already done it. He says, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted, and the right of the poor. Surely the righteous shall give thanks into thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. And David starts his verse with the two all-important words. I know. Amen? I know. I've heard Christians uh, witness. They say, uh, well, you, you believe this will happen. He says, well, I, I, you know, I have faith that it will happen. You know? But faith says, I know. <laughs> Amen? And, uh, you know, I have, I have so much faith that God is, has saved me, and I've seen the difference that God has given to me, and I have seen the ch lives changed, that I can say, I know. 
Amen? I know there's a difference. I know there's a God who loves us and who wants to help us. And David says, I know this will happen. It was his confidence. Notice with me, first of all, letter A, the change from distress to praise. The change from distress to praise. There was all this distress before and the, and the frustration and the get him God and all this stuff. And now he says, I'm just giving it to God. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted. And David's tone shifts from distress to praise. And when we pray and give it to God and seek his protection, we can transform from, transform from distress to praise as well. Faith enables us to rest in his care. And we can just rest. And we too can say, I know that the Lord, amen? I know that the Lord will help me. Matthew 6, 31 says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things. What things? What ye shall eat, or what shall ye drink, or wherewith ye will be clothed? All these things shall be added unto you. Take, therefore, no thought for the morrow. Don't even think about tomorrow. Amen? Well, that's a good verse, isn't it? Take no thought, not one, not at all, not one thought for tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. There's enough evil for every day, but God is sufficient every day. Amen? Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Boy, that's a good verse to memorize. Amen? When you're in the struggle, when you're in the middle of the storm, quote that verse. God says, I will help you. Okay? I know that I, the Lord will help me. Number two, uh, secondly, I, I know that the Lord will sustain me. Philippians 4, 6 it says, be careful, uh, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then what does he say in verse 7? He says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep thy, your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. That word keep means to sustain, to keep you going. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep us going. Amen. We can uh, keep... God will sustain us. We just need to trust him. I know that he will. Or I know that the Lord will cause this to come about for good. Amen. We know the verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good. I love that that verse starts with, and we know. Amen. And we, we know. Okay. We already know this, right? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. We know. And we know so much more, too, that the Bible tells us. God can do anything, anything, anything. God can do anything but fail. Amen? And if he allows something to continue in our lives, then we know it must be God's will for our refining. He wants to refine us. He wants to put us through the fire so that we can come out pure and holy. Just hold on to him through the fire, amen, and come out the other side changed and renewed and stronger than we were before. We notice the change from distress to praise. Now let's look at, secondly, the assurance of God's care that he says here. Number 13, surely the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. And David expresses confidence in the fact that God will deliver them. 
And the righteous are giving thanks to God for his help already. And he knows that the upright dwells in God's presence. The upright shall dwell in thy presence. He's always with them. And we need to find our hope in God's care and protection as well. Amen? Just stand fast in the Lord. We may suffer harm from evildoers from time to time. Uh, We may be slandered. We may lose our jobs. Some may even be beaten or imprisoned. Some will even give their very lives for Christ. However, we must never lose sight of the fact that God sees and that he will bring justice to those who deserve it. We just need to stand firm in God's presence, amen, knowing that his presence will give us the victory over our fears and all the fears of our enemies. We don't need to fear them, amen. In fact, Hebrews 13, 5 says, Let your conversation, your behavior, be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he saith, <coughs> Why do we need to be content? Why do we need to not have covetousness? Because he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And that's good enough, amen? That's enough. And then the next verse says, So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me. We don't need to fear, amen? Let God handle it. He will. And we as children of God stand firm in the realization that we can seek refuge in the arms of God. We can trust in his protection. We can rely in his justice. When you face your own trials or the enemies enemies come to you, remember to have the same faith and the same confidence that God gave David. Uh, Have faith in God, and just as he displayed here in Psalm 140. Amen? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer.